when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors came away in Game 4 with a what Kyle Lowry described as a must-win, and they got that win. And it was very close. It was very tight. This is one of those classic playoff games. It's blow for blow. Every single possession matters. Every single possession is a battle. It's a war. And the Raptors came out on the top, 101-96. to Thanks to Kawhi Leonard, who, I mean... <laughs> he's so good. I can't believe the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard. This is it's such a gift. I mean, he put the team on his back. He's been doing it for the entire playoff run. He has been sensational. He is the most efficient playoff scorer in NBA history, and he continues to improve upon that. Today, he had 39 points in 43 minutes of play, playing what I estimated four positions. He didn't play center at any point, but he played every other position. And I mean, he, in the toughest moment when literally nobody else in the Raptors can even get a shot, Kawhi stares down Joel Embiid on a switch. Shot clock running down. 101 left in the game. Raptors only up one. JJ, Ray, JJ Reddick had just hit a three to give the Sixers a chance. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard pulls up in Joel Embiid's face and he swishes it. The Raptors are up four, and uh, and that was the game. That was the game. Danny Green, you know, from uh, Yahoo's finest, Danny Green, uh, hits four free throws to ice it, but this whole game was about Kawhi Leonard, and it was a statement by Kawhi who, I mean, this man, I mean, I how many players in the NBA would you take over Kawhi Leonard at this point? Given the way you've seen this man perform in the postseason, shooting above 50%, Every single night, 30-plus points, 40-plus points, it doesn't matter. He will give it to you. He will play the entire game, basically. Nick Nurse talked about, uh, does Kawhi have a cap on his minutes? I mean, it's whatever you need. And the man came up with 43 today. And again, how many players would you take over Kawhi Leonard in the NBA right now? I mean, LeBron's not in the playoffs. So, okay. You know, but maybe just on historical precedent, LeBron, although this season... What we seen at LeBron, not great. Um, but KD, okay, I'll give you KD. KD, I can, I can give you. And it's not in a definitive one, but I would probably take KD over Kawhi. Past that, there is nobody else. There is nobody else. You're talking about James Harden. You're talking about Steph Curry. You're talking about Giannis. Give me Kawhi. Give me Kawhi Leonard. 39 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. The game-winning three. I mean... What more can you ask for? On the road in a must-win scenario, <laughs> this is it's just he's so good. He's so good. Um, but uh, this look, ultimately, this is a gutsy performance by the Raptors as a team. 
It was not easy whatsoever. This was never going to be an easy win. Um, it was one of those games where the Sixers are either going to come in and blow the doors off the Raptors and take control of the series after making their push in game three, or the Raptors are going to scrap, they're going to fight, and they're going to come away with a tight win, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and you got to credit everybody up and down the roster. And really, everybody in the roster today was six because the Raptors only played six players, essentially. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, only seven minutes, thankfully. Uh, Pat McCaw, only five minutes. Norman Powell, only four minutes. And they just rolled their top six guys. It's, do you trust your vets to give you this win? And the Raptors, those six vets all play their hearts out um, to give the Raptors this win. So, uh, Kawhi obviously is, you know, the main story here. I mean, this is just a sensational performance. But, you know, early on, Kyle Lowry, who talked up and down about how much he needed to be better, and I wrote about how this game was going to be a referendum on Kyle Lowry's career, uh, you know, at this point. And, you know, the numbers aren't overwhelming, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists in 41 minutes. But I thought Kyle Lowry was, A, a great um, leader tonight in terms of he came out of the gate, no fear, scored about 7 points in the first 6 minutes after scoring 7 points in about 39 minutes in Game 3. Much different mentality, hit a pull-up 3, hit some elbow jumpers, got to the rim, and honestly, two plays from this game, one in the first quarter, one in the fourth quarter, really stood out to me in terms of just how much confidence and aggressiveness Kyle Lowry was playing with. First quarter, not really a fast-break scenario. Ben Simmons tries to cut off Kyle, and it looked like he had him pinned right at half court, but Kyle zooms past, blows past Ben Simmons, gets all the way to the rim, draws a crowd, dumps it off to Serge Ibaka for a dunk. I thought that was a great play. Those are the kind of plays where Kyle goes in overdrive. He takes on the defense. He takes on – it's honestly, he becomes this little daredevil where he, he gets into the paint, and it doesn't look like he's able to score. And, and it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, he's actually going for a layup. And the defense scrambles, and that's usually when he can create – Transition opportunities. thought that was a good sign in terms of his aggression, and it was really encouraging early on. And then in the fourth quarter, when Kawhi had to sit, because, you know, this even even though this man is, you know, um, Michael Jordan come back to the NBA um, in modern form, you know, with, he's Michael Jordan with tapered jeans. Um, I mean, you know, Kawhi still has to sit. And in those two minutes in the start of the fourth quarter, that's what ultimately killed the Raptors in game three. Kawhi. Gives the Raptors a chance. He he comes up huge. He gets cuts the lead to seven. He sits, and in two minutes, the rest of the starters give up. Yeah, about an eleven zero run, and the game's over. This time around, that didn't happen because you know, well, a couple things happened. The rest of the guys play better defense than they did in, in game three. But Kyle Lowry also drives straight at Joel Embiid, who is massive. Joel Embiid is. I mean, after seeing this series, the best shot blocker in the NBA. Sorry, Rudy Gobert. It's it's a different level when it's Embiid. Um, but Kyle takes on Embiid off a high screen, and he somehow finishes a layup over Joel Embiid. And that's the kind of aggression from Kyle where he didn't back down. He was able to um, get his own baskets. He was, you know, that mid-range shot, it's always going to be open for him, and he needs to take that more often because the Sixers are basically running him off the three-point line and not letting him have the rim. So if he's going to score, he's got to score from that mid-range area more often than not in a half-court setting, and he did that tonight. But more than anything else, Kyle was able to play with this energy, with this aggression. He never backed down, and it, it, it's the same old thing with Kyle Lowry. If Kyle Lowry's playing well, the rest of the Raptors are going to play well. I mean, if he struggles, Raptors going to struggle. And Kyle Lowry today, his energy, his tenacity, it, it was huge. It was huge. But 
you know, like I said, everybody on the team deserves a ton of credit. By the way, before I go any further, how about the fact that Serge Ibaka had more points than Joel Embiid? Now, granted, throughout the game, I was, I was thinking, wow, Embiid's not playing well at all. He's not really asserting himself. He looks really lethargic. I don't know what's going on with him. After the game, Brett Brown, uh, Sixers coach, explained uh, that Joel Embiid was sick. Apparently, he got a text at 6.20 a.m. in the morning where Embiid texted him saying, um, I feel sick. I don't know if I can play tonight. And, uh, you know, he ends up playing. So credit Embiid for playing through it and played 35 minutes. But, you know, um, he, he was lethargic. Like, he played like he was sick. Although, it's kind of curious. Every time he has a bad game, he's sick. All right, cool. That's twice in, that's like twice in a week he's, he's been sick. I don't know if that's how the immune system works. But regardless, um, Joel Embiid today, 11 points. Serge Ibaka, 12 points. Serge Ibaka, who has been terrible, terrible throughout the playoffs coming into this game. Now, there's been some positive things that he's done. Like, he's he's had some good moments of defense, and it's sort of been tough luck and things like this. I don't want to discount him entirely. But overall, highly, highly disappointing performances from Serge Ibaka, especially in this series. He just hasn't made an impact. Today, he was massive. And he was needed on. Uh, he, the Raptors, you know, needed him because, you know, Pascal had been uh, – Pascal had that, that calf injury, and you know, that was the big story leading up to the game. And, you know, some people were like, when he, when he was announced that he was going to play, and I thought he was going to play. I thought, you know, calling him doubtful was a little, a little far. But, I mean, he was legitimately injured. Like, when I was watching him stretching and things like that, um, I mean, he was grimacing and, and wincing throughout the whole thing. And, and he was doing the, the stretches and stuff, but it, it just didn't look completely natural. And at one point, you know, he sort of, like, huddled up with, uh, you know, Raptors uh, – you know, head of sports science, Alex McKechnie. Um, and, you know, they kind of like walked off the floor sort of, you know, with his hand over his shoulder. And I'm just thinking like, that doesn't look great. Now, it could have been an act and may it turn out to be somewhat of an act as, you know, Pascal did eventually come back out of the locker room about an hour later and, and did a shoot around and, and you know, looked OK. Um, but, you know, it, it was one of those things where, OK, Pascal was going to play, but he wasn't going to be 100 percent. And you saw it today, two of 10 shooting from Pascal. Um you know, you know, he still worked his ass off, and, and defensively, the Raptors kind of just needed him to be in the game. Just more than anything else, they just needed his size physically to be in the game, even though he's not contributing the same as he normally would offensively. It's just he had to gut it out, and he played 28 minutes. But the guy who stepped up was Serge Ibaka. Going back to Serge, the guy played 32 minutes, had 12 points, 9 rebounds. He's outscoring Joel Embiid. He played most of that at power forward, too, which we, we've seen all season. The Raptors have struggled really struggle when Serge Ibaka plays power forward, whether that was with JV or increasingly when it was him and Gasol. There was just so much overlap. They would get confused offensively, being in each other's way. And then defensively, it just didn't really quite make sense, you know. Um, it just it just didn't didn't make sense defensively. They, just, they were sort of out of sorts. But today, I think the Raptors came in really prepared. Ibaka definitely came in really prepared. He was chasing around Tobias Harris like crazy. Tobias Harris today shot 7 of 23 from the field. Um, and a lot of that was being guarded by Ibaka. So you got to give him credit. I think Ibaka blocked him twice, including one play, you know, in the first quarter where Raptors turn it over. And I think James Ennis came up with a steal. James Ennis, uh, who is turned into LeBron James Ennis in this series. I, I really, really hate playing James Ennis. But uh, Ennis comes up with a steal above the three-point arc. And at this point, Serge Ibaka is in the corner on the left side of the floor. And the steal happens above the three-point arc on the right side of the floor. Serge sprints all the way back. It's a four-on-one fast break. Kyle Lowry's the only one standing between four Sixers and the basket. 
And all of a sudden, somehow, Surge recovers all the way back, coming from the corner, literally the farthest point possible, and blocks the shot. And not only does he block the shot, the ball goes, he blocks it to Kyle Lowry, who, who gets the ball, and they push in the fast break going the other way. So Serge was just, his energy tonight was incredible. The Raptors also did a really good job of coming in prepared. And what I mean by that is, you know, they would have specific sets where Ibaka would carve deep post position down low against Tobias Harris. And while that was happening, they would have Gasol up top. Gasol was firing the high-low feed. And Gasol, you know, having played with Powell, Gasol is obviously his brother for so many years. That high-low combination with the, the Gasol brothers, I mean, that's just something that the Spanish team used to run all the time, and, and, and Serge is obviously on that one as well because he's a naturalized uh, you know, citizen for Spain, and he plays for the national team and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it was a high-low action. Serge would get down low. He would have Tobias Harris pit under the basket. And unlike Gasol, who they tried this with Gasol as well, but Gasol hasn't been as effective around the rim, Serge was actually able to go up and finish. Now, a couple times he got blocked when he went up against Embiid. But like I said, Embiid is probably the most fearsome shot blocker in the NBA. Um, but Serge was physical down low. He pl- he he put in a shift, and again, the Raptors just needed people to give them bodies. And more than anything else, the Raptors just needed anybody off their bench to give them anything. And Serge Ibaka gave them gave them a huge boost, man. Twelve points, nine rebounds. I know normally that's what he would do in a regular season game anyway, but tonight it was absolutely necessary. He was one of the six players, and you got to give it up to Serge. He, I mean, he outscored Joel Embiid. How's that ever going to happen ever again? It, it, it never will in the series, but still, that, that was an incredible performance by Serge. Hopefully, the Raptors um, can buy more minutes at Power Forward because the other guy I really, really wanted to credit was Nick Nurse, who was taking a ton of heat throughout the playoffs, right? Of this, you know, are you making adjustments, this, and this, and this, and this? And, well, you know, it comes with the territory. It's, it's the playoff series. To be honest, Nick Nurse hasn't really had that signature moment yet with the Raptors since, you know, taking over as head coach. You know, and I think uh, Grange wrote about it um, maybe this week. But uh, something where, you know, Nurse is in this position where anytime the Raptors win, it's the Stars. Do we got credit? It's Kyle gets credit. You know, Ibaka, you know, Serge, Kawhi, whoever. And then whenever the Raptors lose, it's on Nurse. And, you know, look, no one's going to cry for a coach. That's This is how it goes for coaches in every single professional sport everywhere, right? But – um, Nurse has taken a lot of heat throughout the series, and you know I think he made the right adjustments today. Uh, he said something on Friday, sort of as a passing comment, where he sort of mentioned, you know, we there are ways for the Raptors to get bigger. And I was thinking, when he said that, I was thinking like, how are you going to do that? I was very intrigued, and and today we saw it. Um, and th- the way they got bigger was Ibaka and Gasol. I remember Nurse used to always force feed. Like a couple of minutes, like two or three minutes, just here and there down the stretch, especially in March, especially in April. Let's see Ibaka play with Gasol. Let's just, uh, they started them together one game, right? And I think that was against the Bulls or whatever, but you know, whatever. Let's just see how it works. And because you know, I think Nurse had an eye towards the playoffs, he was experimenting, right? I mean, we how many jokes have people made about Nick Nurse experimenting? Well, shit, that was experimentation that he did in the regular season and in the playoffs. He pulled it out and it worked. It, it freaking worked. Ibaka and Gasol together. And so you got to give Nurse a lot of credit because I think down low, having Ibaka and Gasol give the Raptors a lot more rim protection. Um, you know, the Sixers just – I mean, they're just such a big team that they're just going to overwhelm you down low. Obviously, Embiid had like, what, 33 points in 28 minutes in uh, game three. So, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you have size down low. And, and you know, it's not the most ideal situation to put both your centers on the floor at the same time, but – you can't argue with the results. It was it was great. The Sixers, like they just they could they they shot fifteen of thirty three from the restricted area, forty five percent. 
right? And and that's that's incredible. And a lot of that is due to the fact that you have Ibaka and Gasol down low. They gave the Raptors a lot of energy. And Nick Nurse, I mean, the whole mad scientist reputation. I mean, he was the mad scientist today, 100%. Um, because he had a lineup in the fourth quarter where it was Kawhi Leonard at shooting guard. That's a six foot eight shooting guard. And we know Kawhi plays bigger than a six foot eight guy anyway, because he's got like what? A center is basically worth a wingspan at like seven foot four or whatever it is with giant hands, right? So you got him at shooting guard. You have Pascal Siakam playing three. Pascal was six nine. And then you got Ibaka and you got Gasol. Like that is as big as possible, right? He went from playing lineups that were too small, where, where you got Kyle, you got Fred, you got Norm. <laughs> you go from that to suddenly the biggest lineup possible. A lineup that we haven't seen all season. And you gotta give it up to Nick Nurse, man. That's that's something he devised. Clearly the team was prepared. Like I said, they got those high low, you know, plays. The team, you know, Ibaka and Gasol didn't get in each other's way. They did a good job of, you know, helping in the paint and stuff. You know, Embiid only had what I mean, he apparently had the flu conveniently, but like two of seven from the field, like you, you can't you can't complain with any of that. And so Um Yeah, you gotta give it up to Nick Nurse. You really do. And he, he takes a lot of heat, but man, we, we, that was that was that was a brilliant move by Nick Nurse. And um and yeah, and you also gotta credit Marcus Gasol as well. I mean, most of the offense down the stretch was Gasol and Kawhi. Pick and roll, Gasol will come screen. You know, Gasol will fade to the three-point arc. If they left him open, he would hit it. He hit a short mid-range jumper and also a key three in the fourth quarter there. But also, he was setting great screens to get Kawhi open. Kawhi would go downhill. He would take his jumpers. He would make them. I mean, that was the offense. And and, then Mark, the man played 39 minutes. And finally, he started shooting the ball. And when he shot the ball, good things happened. Look at that. 16 points, 7 of 13 shooting tonight from Gasol. Um... Plus 13 on the night, highest plus minus on the Raptors. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. The Raptors, look, in this series, especially with Pascal Siakam, if he's not 100% due to this calf issue, um, you know, they're going to need other guys to come up and score. And I thought Mark did that tonight. I thought Kyle Lowry did that tonight. Obviously, Serge gave him a boost off the bench. And, you know, Kawhi's basically can score 40 whenever he wants to. But, you know, they need Gasol to take more of those shots, especially because that pick-and-roll action with Gasol and Kawhi is going to be the bread and butter for the Raptors in half-court offense. You know, they can get a lot of offense in transition. The game was mostly open in the first half. I thought the Raptors did a good job of getting open and getting into the fast break and, you know, converting and stuff like that. But the game is going to eventually slow down, and we saw it today. The fourth quarter was purely slowed down, you know, trading punches, things like that. And uh, when that happened, you need Kawhi and Gasol in the pick-and-roll, just like you need Orlando. You know, same kind of combination. And part of that, in, in order to make that work, you need Gasol to shoot the ball. And Gasol tonight, you need 16 points, you the five points in the fourth quarter, consistent throw. And I think one thing that, that got Gasol going a little bit early on is just, you know, there's been so much uh, of Gasol standing on the three-point arc that it's a little bit hard, you know. Like, he's, he's a multi-talented center, and really to sort of pigeonhole him as just a three-point shooter is going to kind of throw him off his rhythm a little bit. So I think the Raptors did a good job of feeding him these looks in the mid-range area, you know, where he would kind of short roll out to pick and roll with Kyle or with Kawhi, whoever, and uh, he would get the ball and he would score from there. And he's a very talented player. I mean, he has scored most of his points throughout his career from the mid-range and uh, below, right? That's for most of his career. And then the NBA changed to a three-point shooting game and he stepped up more towards the arc. But he's very adept at shooting that mid-range shot. 
And it's something that Grange talked about uh, on the podcast that we did together uh, between games three and four, where, look, the Raptors might just have to step in from the three-point arc and shoot a couple of these mid-rangers. And, and today, I think the Raptors did a good job of that. Kyle doing it, Mark doing it, Serge doing it. I mean, Serge on the baseline, he had a, he had a, he made a jumper in the fourth quarter. I mean, Serge is phenomenal, but, you know, it's just a gutsy performance from him. Definitely a gutsy performance from Pascal, who... Like I, like I mentioned earlier, he only played 28 minutes, clearly was limited. He didn't look completely right, you know, pregame. He decides to uh, play through the pain, and, and he, you know, he gave the Raptors some minutes. I think defensively, I actually gave the Raptors some pretty good energy because he ended up having to chase guys like J.J. Redick around on the perimeter. Like, that's not easy. Um, but, you know, Pascal did the did a job, and he also got a couple of deflections and stuff. You know, offensively, it just wasn't there, and it was clear the Raptors were running the usual looks for him early on. He just wasn't making any of them. And I think the two looks that he did have were both dunks. Um, and then he got some free throws at the end when he was getting intentionally fouled. But, and he knocked those down, so that's good. But, um, you know, Pascal just had to grit, it through, just, you know, grit his teeth and just get through it. And uh, he did a good job of it. He did a good job of it. This is all that he had to give. Clearly he was 50%, but 50% of Pascal is better than anybody off the bench outside of Ibaka tonight. So um, hopefully Pascal can get more rest between now and Game 5. Game 5 is only in two days, so... You know, he won't have much time, but if the Raptors can make some progress with Pascal's calf, um, he didn't hurt any worse today, at least not from what I could see. Um, then, yeah, that would be a great that would be a great development. But seriously, you got to give credit to Pascal for playing through the pain, giving the Raptors everything he got. He got a couple dunks um, off of Kyle Lowry's playmaking. So, you know, um, you know, Pascal... I don't think realistically you're going to win too many games with Pascal only scoring nine points, but on uh, tonight everyone all stopped up around him, and so you know that's that's pretty key. And uh, I got to give some love to Danny Green too, man. I mean, he only made one field goal it was a three. It was one of those things where he waited to pump fake the defender. The defender did go past him, but it was like landed right beside him, and he still decided to go for the shot anyway, and he made that three, and he, and he missed a couple of open ones otherwise, but. You know, Sixers did a great job of staying attached to Danny. So, I mean, look, if you're not going to free up Danny and if you're going to run up a lot of pick and roll with Kawhi, you're not going to get Danny open that much. It just is what it is because you're not screening with Danny's guy. Um, then, yeah, Danny's not going to get a couple shots. But, look, Danny, defensively, he made Butler work for a lot of his stuff. Now, Butler is a superstar, and he was still making crazy. I think he had, like, a turnaround. He lost the ball. He hit it. He, he, he's like a spin midair and then he banked it in to beat the buzzer at one point in the fourth quarter and it was one of those things where you're just like oh my god that's a backbreaker but um you know ultimately when you go back and look at the tape Danny did a great job of bumping Butler sort of being physical with him um as much as possible without fouling and just trying his best to to stand in there and and fight and he and Danny eventually fouls out in 40 minutes but you know he like he took two charges and um just defensively, I thought he, he sort of scrapped and fought and gave the Raptors a level of stability where at no point in this game did I have to worry about Danny Green. And then there were moments in earlier throughout the playoffs where I, I was thinking this is out of character for Danny Green because the best thing he does, more than the three-point shooting, more than the defense, is that he brings a steadying force. You don't have to worry about the guy. And there were moments where you had to worry about him in the Orlando series. I remember there was like at the end of the first quarter or whatever, and he and he commits that foul. And then there's, you know, there's just some randomness that with, with Danny that, you know, has been a little shaky so far in the playoffs. But today, thought he was very good. Stepped to the line, by the way, in the fourth quarter. Um, got a key defensive rebound, which is huge because the Sixers on the offensive glass, despite the Raptors putting on all their big bodies, were still able to come up with loose balls. Jimmy Butler just, you know, doing the P.J. Tucker thing, coming in, crashing from the outside and winning the ball. 
was just super effective at that. But Butler, um, you know, tried to do that on the basically the last real possession of the game, um, you know, off a missed shot. Danny wins the defensive rebound, gets fouled, goes to the line, hits two, hits another two after getting intentionally fouled again. And Danny finishes with 11 points, only one field goal, but eight of eight from the free throw line. Shout out Giannis, you know, eight points only, only free throws. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I thought Danny played his heart out. And, again, he gave the Raptors 40 stress-free minutes, which is all you can ask for from Danny Green at this point in the playoffs. Because, again, most of the offense is going to come from people – know freeing him up and uh you know they did a good job but defensively I thought Danny fought and stuck around and it was just it was a good performance and again circling back to Nick Nurse one thing I really liked was the fact that Fred Van Vliet only played seven minutes and this is nothing against Fred Fred's a nice guy he works really hard it's nothing it's not his own it's not his fault it's not his fault but he's a little bit too small to play in the series like it can't be the case that every single game he gets blocked by James Ennis it just can't be the case it, it it just it you know like at some point you are too small to play, and I think in this series Fred is a little bit too small, and maybe against Boston there is matchups and opportunities for him to score and and be involved and look everybody's got to play a role, but you have to have a role out there and I don't think there a role even exists for Fred in this series. Um, I called for uh, Norman Powell to play a lot more minutes just replacing Fred in the rotation. Because, look, it's not like I think Norm is a better player necessarily, and I don't think Norm is a better point guard. But at least Norm is six foot four. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can shoot the ball a little bit. And physically, with that seven-foot wingspan, he's, seven, he's, uh, he's six four. he can at least physically be on the floor. And he could get a shot off, an open shot off, without James Ennis blocking it. And so Fred only played seven minutes tonight. First shift, he only played like four minutes in the fourth, four, uh, first quarter. I don't think it was with Kalari, which is huge. You know, you don't want to play these small lineups. I think Nick Nurse learned his lesson. Um, but, you know, even in those four minutes, Fred was not good. And he played like another two minutes in the the third quarter there. It was just purely to buy some time. But I just – I don't think you can do it. I really don't think you can do it. There's another game where he goes zero points, zero assists in seven minutes. Like, you're the point guard. You're there to create offense. And he can't create offense right now. And so I think you probably have to explore more of Norman Powell's minutes. But, you know, credit Nurse for recognizing that Van Vliet just – this is not the matchup for him and sort of limiting his time. Um, and, you know, getting creative with getting guys like, you know, Norman uh, Norm Powell some minutes, getting guys like McCaw some minutes, and also just going super big and even putting Kawhi too just to buy some time. But, yeah, you just you just can't have – you just can't have Fred in the series. And it's too bad. But, again – He's a pro. He's going to stay in it, and if the Raptors do advance, um, he's going to have a role somewhere else in the in the playoffs. But just in this specific matchup, it's just a little bit too hard to get Fred some moments. But credit Nurse for doing that. Credit Nurse again. I mean, you wanted him to shorten the rotation, you wanted him to change the rotation. He did that entirely. He came up with something entirely on the fly. Pascal was hurt, you know, like he fought through it. And, you know, he managed the minutes. Serge Ibaka came in prepared to play power forward again for the first time in basically what two years. Um. And the Raptors came in with the win. And again, you got to credit Kawhi Leonard. I mean, not only did he hit the bigger shot of the game, but this man was getting triple teamed, double teamed, trapped. I mean, he was doing everything. Every, the Sixers were throwing everything at this guy, and he just kept scoring. And he was rebounding too. And like the fact that he got fourteen defense or fourteen rebounds, eleven defensive rebounds to lead the Raptors. By the way, huge because the Sixers were just keep they just kept crashing the glass and stuff. Kawhi. He he was the answer to every problem tonight. He played backup point guard because Fred wasn't really in the game. He played shooting guard. He played small forward. He played power forward. He played 
the role of, you know, Michael Jordan. Literally. Like, this is Jordan-esque behavior. 43 minutes in a must-win game, he comes gives you 39 points on 13 of 20 shooting. I mean, he is obviously the first star of tonight's game. Just a phenomenal performance. 5 of 7 from 3, too. I mean, that's the one area. If, if Kawhi can get even better, it's the off-the-dribble three. And we saw it today. That, that game-winning shot over, uh, over Embiid. It's not the strength of his game. His strength is region in the mid-range, getting around the basket, and obviously defending. But when he adds that three-point shot to it as well, I mean, it is just he's unstoppable. And uh, he went 8 for 12 on the free throw line. Two of those were, you know, just meaningless free throws at the end where – he, he he bricked the. I think he actually got the crowd free Wendy's. So congratulations, Philly. Um, and you know Kawhi got you some free Wendy's. You're welcome. But just a stellar performance from Kawhi, man. Just incredible. And he even took some shifts guarding uh, Jimmy Butler as well. I mean, what more can you ask from the guy? The guy was exhausted, but the Raptors needed every minute that he gave. Second star, I'm giving that to. I'm giving that to Serge Ibaka. Um, it feels good to say that. It really does feel good to say that because Fred, uh, Serge just has not had any good moments so far. But 32 minutes tonight, off the bench, 12 points, 9 rebounds. Finally, the Raptors bench was able to outscore the damn Sixers bench. The Sixers bench is trash, and yet they have been consistently outscoring the Raptors. James Ennis single-handedly has been outscoring the Raptors bench. Not tonight. Serge Ibaka, 12 points. Sixers bench, 11. Um, and no one else on the Raptors bench scored, but it didn't matter because Serge came up. He played 32 minutes. Great defensively, nine rebounds, clutch scoring. I mean, everything you want from Serge Ibaka. And again, a very professional performance. This is one of those things where, you know, he's had to change different roles. He's talked about it on this podcast, by the way. He's talked about how difficult this year has been for him, you know, just on a personal level of, you know, just having to adjust roles and accepting coming off the bench and accepting playing center all the full time and, 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 you know, starting ahead of JV, kind of backing up JV. And then Mark comes in and splitting time and he's off to the bench and, his numbers are struggling, but, you know, a pro stays ready. And today when the Raptors needed him to step up because Pascal was, you know, limited, Serge did that. So you got to give Serge a lot of credit for the way he played today. And the third star, I'm giving it to Kyle Lowry, but it could easily also go to um, Marcus Saul. But I just thought this was one of those games where the Sixers were going to come out and it could start one of two ways. The Sixers could overrun the Raptors and this shit could be over, or the Raptors can assert themselves first. And I think Kyle Lowry coming out with seven points in the first six minutes really set the tone. And uh, he played great tonight. He played great tonight. And, again, it's it's one of those things where, it, yes, we know Kyle Lowry is aging. We know he can't consistently produce. But if he can play with this type of effort every single night, 14 points, seven, uh, six rebounds, seven assists, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. It just can't be those, like, seven-point performances. Or it can't be one of those, like, scoreless performances. He has to play with aggression. Because it's not just about Kyle. Kyle's numbers are not just about Kyle. Like, when Kyle's aggressive, he, it lifts the play of other players. It creates open opportunities. And when he's not, it just, you know, leaves Kawhi on an island. And today, Kyle did not leave Kawhi on an island. So, great game from them. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, uh, I mean, you got to give it to James Ennis again. This man is – I might just have to rename it the James Ennis Award after this series. <laughs> he's got it all three games. so Or all four games now. But nine points – Three of eight shooting. The, the threes are just wild because, you know, I'm, like, at the arena, like, three hours early for for playoff games. So, I, I sit at courtside. I'm, like, watching these guys shoot. 
And you could tell who's a good shooter, and you could tell who's not a good shooter. Like, when I, when I, you know, like, coming into that Orlando series, people were like, oh, look, Jonathan Isaac can do this and this and this. I'm like, can he? Because I'm watching him shoot in pregame. The man's knees are forming a triangle together, and it does, it, it, he's just not a good shooter. And, and if, if, maybe he can make a set shot, but if you run him off the line, if you make him move, he's not going to shoot. And that's what happened in the playoffs. Isaac was a non-factor offensively. Ennis shoots basically like like uh, like Isaac, um, and, and when you watch him shoot, it just it doesn't look natural. It, it sort of it, it kind of veers off his right hand. It kind of just rolls off his hand. The arc is weird. The trajectory is weird, and he doesn't make a lot of them. But in these games against the Raptors, he has been he's been stellar. I mean, the fact that he consistently gives the Sixers production off the bench has been such a huge boost because the Sixers, without him, I mean, I don't even know what they were, where else they would go for offense, but NS9, nine points, five rebounds, a uh, steal, a block. I mean, he was he was pretty good. So, And then in terms of the Patrick Patterson Award, for the player that underperformed, it's got to go to Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. Um, look, the Sixers go as Embiid goes, and, and, and it's, it's a testament to how good Jimmy Butler is that the Sixers were even in this game because Embiid was a non-factor. I mean, he was outscored by Serge Ibaka. And really, when you take away the plays where Embiid is flopping and throwing his arms around and getting bailout calls at home, Embiid did very little tonight. He did very little tonight. Now, he blocked Serge a couple times, and he, he had like two layups or whatever. He did very little tonight. 35 minutes, 11 points, 2 of 7 shooting, 7 for 10 from the free throw line. Those three missed free throws, by the way, in key moments in the fourth quarter. And I think he missed three of them in a row as well. And it was just one of those things where it was a huge bailout. His passing was good. His passing has been great. Obviously, that game two pass to Jimmy Butler was – I still can't believe he, he saw that. But um, eight rebounds, seven assists. But, I mean, we saw. Embiid at his best is like game three, and he has 33 points, and he's doing everything possible. He's dunking. He's – you know, he's taunting the crowd. He's doing every single celebration that comes to him. He's like if you button mash every button on 2K after hitting a shot. And he, he literally did every single celebration possible. Um, there was none of that tonight. There was none of that tonight. And who, and who knows? Apparently he got sick. You know, that's how the immune system works. You know, you, get, you, get, you can get sick twice in a week for sure. Yeah, you can completely recover, have a great game, and then be sick the next game. Yep, it's, uh, that's how it goes. But, yeah, and B gets the Patrick Patterson award. But, yeah, I mean, this was a thrilling performance for the Raptors and a gutsy win from all the top six guys that I mentioned. And again, credit Nick Nurse as well. This guy's taking a lot of heat. The way he shuffled his lineup, still the difficult decisions that he made. I mean, it's not easy to cut a guy off like Fred VanVleet. It's not. I know it's people have been saying, like, yo, just do it. But, like, you got to manage expectations. You got to, like, you know, manage more than just this playoff series, but in ahead as well. You got to keep good relations. And if you do something like that, it better work out. And today it worked out. Serge Baca, I mean, he had him prepare. The Raptors prepare. They played bigger made all the adjustments you wanted him to. And that gave the Raptors a chance. That gave Kawhi Leonard a chance to win the game, and Kawhi, Kawhi did what Kawhi does. So it's now a best of three with two games in Toronto. Um, you know, I coming into the series, I said Raps in seven. I still believe that's the most likely result here. Raptors, obviously, they need to give Kawhi a little bit more help. I think offensively, the rest of the guys need to find a way to produce. But, you know, um, Pascal... The fact that he only had nine points in the Raptors one tonight is huge. It's massive. And if Pascal can sort of recover, and hopefully he can recover with more rest, um, you know, it's it's it, it's going to be, you know, after all the sort of hand-wringing and everything that happened, you know, after game three and, and how disastrous everything looked, it was a bleak outlook. 
all of a sudden I'm feeling pretty good. I feel pretty good. 2-2 in the series. I feel pretty good. Um, and a lot of that is thanks to Kawhi. But this is a great performance. And, again, all the stress and everything. I mean, look, this is this is why you play the playoffs. This is why you play the playoffs. This is why you cheer for your team in the playoffs because every single position matters. It's a drama. It just grips you. And, um, yeah, being in the arena tonight, I mean, that was – I still can't believe it. Like, I still can't believe Kawhi hit that shot. But uh, he did that, and now the Raptors have a chance to take the lead in Game 5. I'll be back in Toronto to cover that game, so look out for the Reaction Podcast after Game 5. But for now, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to the podcast that I recorded with Michael Grange of Sportsnet that's on this feed, Raptors Over Everything. Um, I recorded that on, I believe, Saturday. So go back and listen to it. It's a, it's a good episode. You know, we, we covered a lot of topics but, uh, but yeah, it was good stuff, man. Good stuff. And you know, actually, the best part of the game, by the way, Kawhi Leonard, after the game, you know, in the tunnel, chatting up with uh, Uncle Dennis and, uh, you know, Raptors assistant coach uh, Jeremy Castleberry, who, you know, came over with Kawhi from the Spurs. And they're having a good time. They're talking, you know, everyone's in a good mood. And, of course, why would you not be? Why would you not be? When you have Kawhi Leonard doing what he's doing, I'd be happy too, you know. He's like a top three NBA player. And, again, you got to savor. Like, I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to resign. There's no guarantee, whatever. But you got to savor every single one of these performances. And as a Raptors fan, you finally get to see what elite looks like. This is what elite looks like. This is what elite looks like. So, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Game five. See that. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.